When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Chicago, what do you say? It's the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app and use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Luke Stuckmeyer and Cody Delmendo, both remote today because it's miserable in Chicago. If you don't live in Chicago, it's miserable. It's oh. sleeting, it's snowing, it's 40-mile-an-hour winds. The worst. And, and our buddy Ryan Herrera is in Arizona, probably wearing a light jacket. Yeah. that. This one hurts today. Today is one of the days that hurts. Yeah, yeah. this is this is a day when uh, Ryan comes back and he has to go deal with some April weather at, at the ballpark. Yeah, this is when I say yeah. karma's a bitch. So that's right. This is when we this the, one of the one of the cold days like this where he's debating whether the game's going to be played and we're having warm soup in studio while we're waiting. Yeah, for him. absolutely. Uh, well, we've never had warm soup, us. but I mean, we can start having yeah. warm soup if you want. <laughs> Well, we could have something warm. Maybe uh, hot cinnamon rolls from Cinnabon would be better. Oh my! Don't Stucky, you, you two cookies in twenty three, man. Don't don't. I know. Speak I into know. Existence. Laying off. Um. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, Ryan's going to be able to join us at sometime during the podcast. I know he talked to uh, Ian Happ and some of the other players were in the clubhouse talking today. Jameis Tyone talked a little bit. Um. We'll get to all that stuff later when when Ryan hopefully is able to join us. Um. We also have. Our position evaluations to continue. We're going to go to second base where we have Nico Horner. We've got uh, the bullpen, which we think will be a strength of the team to evaluate. And um, I guess right off the top, we should just hit the, the thing that's going on literally at the moment, which is Corbin Burns, the Brewers, losing his arbitration case, and he is salty about it. <laughs> salty about it. Has oh, basically yeah. said, like, yeah, I, I don't – in so many words, I'm not re-signing here. You know, he says, uh, the report was, the Brewers never made Burns a two-year offer per a source. What Burns was referring to when he said that there was some last-minute offers that added a club or mutual option for 24, but Burns and his camp considered them, quote, pretty poor. I've seen an interview with him where he's like, yeah, you find out what you really mean to the team. Asked if, you know, he's a free agent after 24. Mm -hmm. Doesn't seem too likely which how long do they ride that out to me he's already become a name that if the cubs can push them to third place in the division or even if they're a distant second at some point he could easily be trade bait second half of the season yeah absolutely another year of control for for somebody and hey why not the cubs <laughs> why not well i don't see the the Brewers playing trade with the Cubs, considering uh, probably not hatred between these two teams. But um, I don't. It, I when I saw it, I I just couldn't help but laugh because it just it just felt it just felt nice that it wasn't the Cubs in this type of story. And it's right. and, and I've had to deal with a lot of Brewers Twitter mentions over the last few years. So um, it was it was just nice to win one, stuck. Yeah, um, I mean, he's only twenty eight. He'll be 28 yeah. this season. He'll be 29 next season. So when he becomes a free agent, if he becomes a free agent, which would be nice, then you still could look at him as a free agent, 29 going into his 30-year-old season. Yeah, It just depends on how long he's looking for. But it is nice considering the way things went down with all of the Cubs stars to see right. a guy that won a Cy Young in 21 basically being snubbed by mm -hmm. his local team and 
he's going into the season with bitter, bitter feelings about mm-hmm. his organization. And it's so, over, it's not even over like a million dollars. It's like 740K or something like that. Like, listen, we, we've, again, we've had these kinds of conversations before. Maybe not so much me and you on this show because the show is only with me and you on at least it's only been a thing for a year but yeah i know in the past with friends and other podcasts and stuff the the conversation regarding going to arbitration is so like again it's just nice that it's not the cubs i guess they kind of had the situation with wilson Contreras last year but we already kind of the writing was already on the wall I tried to, you know, not believe it, but it is what it is. When we all know what happened, whatever. I'm not bringing it up, but and even Ian Happ, I guess, the year before that. Sure, but it but seems like the Cubs are back in good graces. With, yeah, it seems like the Cubs are in good graces now yeah. going into this season because they they managed to get past that. Um, so yeah, as far as Corbin Burns, I could act, like I've been saying this before. This news came out that I thought the Brewers potentially could be selling at the deadline. I mean, they they traded Josh Hader last year when they were first place and we saw their team yeah. fall apart. And then, you know, like they they didn't really add this that much that's going to make them significantly better this year. And like they added William Contreras, cool. They got they got some guys perhaps, you know, the real thing and I'll always say this, I don't care how many times Ryan disagrees with me, if Christian Yelich gets back to MVP Christian Yelich, that team can take off. But he hasn't done that for three years. He's been a very good player, but he's not playing at the standards of what he's getting paid. And because they're small market, because they're a poverty franchise, that matters. It matters in a big way. So to me, yeah, if, if they're not if they're not like doing anything at the deadline, yeah, I can see, especially with this relationship with it, with them and Burns now, like do they have any hope that they're going to be able to keep him, you know, after free agency, I mean, that seems like it's long gone. Plus, I don't even know if they want to anyway because they already gave Yelich all that money and it's not really working out. And it's just the Brewers. I mean, CC Sabathia is like the first thing that comes to my mind when it comes to Burns. They end up trading him or or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, we're letting him go. I, I don't know. I, that was such a long time ago. He, I just remember him being a Brewers pitcher and then going to the Yankees. So, was it Giolito that the Sox were close to last year, right? And went to arbitration. It was kind of like, why are they haggling over small amounts of money with somebody they consider to be their their ace, if you will, at sometimes, right? And it's kind of I just think it's a bad idea for organizations to penny pinch when it comes down to something like that. If I were uh, the head of an organization, I would always err on the side of overspending just to keep the, as you say, vibes good in camp i'm not saying go above and beyond and throw extra millions around for no reason whatsoever but if you're arguing arguing over less than a million dollars between sides and i don't know the exact number that they're talking about but i'm just saying in general if you're an organization and you're within a million dollars with some player and you consider him to be a big piece of your future why would you not just like you can afford it let stop with the we're poor teams and we're we know you're all making money. You're yeah. all making plenty of cash. So I think it's a well, on top of it, like for the Cubs. On top of it, I think um it's not called Miller Park anymore. American Family Field or whatever. Apparently, well, it's always Miller Park to us, right? Or Wrigley North. Wrigley uh, North. I saw a screenshot of an article saying that they that they have all these uh renovations that they need to make. They have like it's yeah. so much money that Millions and millions of dollars of how much uh, money needs to go into revamping Miller Park or something like that that is planned to do or something. And as as we know, when it came to the Wrigley renovations, it did hold ownership back some. You yeah. you don't even have to argue it; it's facts. Um, so I'm, yeah. I mean, it's uh, it's one of those things where I just I, I if I'm a Brewers fan, I am I am. Ex- I am assuming the worst is going to happen because there's after what's happened the last few years, I don't know how you could feel confident in the organization, you know, doing whatever it takes to, to put the best out there with all with just based off how they've run their organization for years, for decades, they had their, they've had their run. It's been a nice one for them, but it hasn't resulted much into anything outside of winning game 163 that they continue to remind us about, which cool. 
fine. It's not a World Series. Congratulations. <laughs> like, uh, I don't know. I, I just that's just how I feel. Like they. Yeah, no, I know. We, we feel the same about the Brewers. I, to me, they're as big a rival as the Cardinals. Um, they're slightly more annoying, actually, sometimes. I don't know why, because they haven't won anything. But right. uh, enough about the Brewers. All right, we're done. Corbin Burns, maybe a Cub someday. That w- I would be okay with that. Absolutely. Um, let's get to two of the young guys. You know, some of the stuff that we didn't get to yesterday – uh, one of the topics was the World Baseball Classic. The Cubs have, obviously, Seiya Suzuki going and playing for Japan. Marcus Stroman's going to play for Puerto Rico. Um, but the Cubs have 17 players throughout the organization that are they're going to be part of the World Baseball Classic at different levels, okay? Uh, two of the key names that are on there are guys that are, first of all, sluggers. One, Matt Mervis, who's going to play for Israel, is a guy that we hope to see at the major league level this season, Uh, whether that's right out of the gate or later or end of the season. We just hope to see him this season. And the other is Owen Casey, a guy that they traded for that some projections say he may actually have the most raw power of anybody, of any of the young Cubs hitters. I've seen him listed as the number one power hitter in the organization. And that's saying something because there's some pretty good bats down there. Mervis included, who just broke, you know, all kinds of records. Canario. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Canario. Like they have guys that can hit home runs down in the minor league system, but many think that Owen Casey, the Canadian uh, could be the guy that ends up having the most power. So Carter Hawkins was asked about those guys being in the world baseball classic and what it could mean for both of them. I mean, a guy like Matt has you know, been in, in AAA and, and seen some pretty quality arms, but I think just being able to play on that stage, you know, even you know, playing in the Arizona Fall League for a guy like Matt or, or you know, a guy like Owen, you know, that's not going to match the intensity of a World Baseball Classic, and that's probably as close as you can get to major league intensity without actually being in the major league. So the ability for us to have those guys get those experiences is, is huge. Um, so, you know, we're excited that they're going to be able to do it, excited that they wanted to do it, and, uh, you know, really a, a lot of upside for us there. One thing I think about that is, you know, I, I, I'm glad the Cubs, A, let them go and do it, especially Mervis, a guy who's potentially close to the major league level. But for Casey, too, I just think it's an invaluable – like, it's so valuable to the two of them potentially. If they get to play, A, they're going to be around – a better talent level than they've ever been around unless, you know, they're, they're at camp. They see some of these guys they are at major league camp, but mm-hmm. to compete with the best players from a country, it, it's a whole nother step in the learning process, right? It's something they're, they're not going to experience at whatever minor league level they are at potentially this season, the, the players won't be nearly as good as they will be in the world baseball classic. The intensity won't be the same as the world baseball classic, so is there a risk of players getting hurt in games that don't mean anything? Yes, but the problem is they do mean something to your organization because if these young players can use it as a catapult to something greater, to their development moving forward, then they're not meaningless games. It's not a meaningless experience. You know, sure, we all know that these guys want to play for their country and, and the Cubs respect that, but I also think it's it's a key point in in potential development for some of these young players. I like that the Cubs are letting them go. Yeah, no, I, I love it too. I know there's been a few guys who have said they're going to go and then they didn't just because of situations, whether it Trey was Mancini, like, think like Trey Mancini, for yeah. example, if you want to talk about the Cubs. I know the Yankees had, I think it was Severino was supposed to go, but then an injury re- caused him to just, like the Yankees told him, you're just, gonna, you're just not going to yeah. go. Um, and I'm sure there's other guys that I can't think of right now. But as far as like Casey and Mervis, I love it just because even if something were to happen and knock on wood. like like knock on wood, first off, even if something were to happen, it's not like it's going to full on affect the major league squad right now. Now, will it slow their development? Perhaps. But you're like if and it depends on how long. Like it, how serious some like the injury is if something were to happen. To me, it'd be I'd be a little bit more concerned, I guess, or a little nervous if it was like Saya or Strowman. 
like those guys are going and I'm, you know, good. I'm, I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm pro for anyone going. I'm just saying that if an injury happens with those guys, that's a little bit more like, Oh shit. than Mervis and Casey. So to bring it around here based off the topic that we're talking about here with those two, I think it's great experience. They're going to see better talent, like you said, and they're going to get more bats. And I love for Casey specifically because he went to the Arizona Fall League last year too. And now he's going to do this. Then he'll, I assume he's going to start the year in either South Bend or in Tennessee. So I don't know. I don't, I feel like Casey's someone that we haven't really talked a ton about as far as like, you know, when is he going to be up? Because not like he's had insane numbers in South Bend or Myrtle Beach, but he clearly is like the the one guy from the U Darvish trade that people are talking about. And maybe For Preciado sure. could be that guy. Eventually he got, he got hurt last year. So everyone's all down on that trade because of that, but he is the one guy who looks like could be something. So he's the number 10 prospect in the Cubs organization, according to right. you know some lists and, and Mervis yeah. is like uh 21, 20, something like that. So I remember him being like in the top Mervis and then go back and look and realize that Owen Casey's a good 10 spots ahead of him in some lists. Right. And I know what lists are. I just believe like you, Cody, I think the upside for the young guys is much better than much bigger than it is for a veteran player or an older player like Saya going over there. Not that Saya shouldn't go. I'm just saying right. there's way more upside for the young players going over there. They have way more to gain out of the experience than Absolutely. just the um, personal uh, feelings they have for their country and representing mm-hmm. their country. And, which and I'll, I'll be honest, like – the last World Baseball Classic, I didn't really watch it. So I don't know how the pitchers are going to be used. Like, like these guys haven't pitched competitively since last year. So, like, how will Stro be used? And, you know, like, like that, that to me, that is a question. Like, I just, I don't know how that, how that works. And again, him and Say are the ones I'm like, just, just come back healthy. I don't really care don't what agree. happens. I don't that, care. Those worry me. Yeah, I don't care if you play well or not. I just want you to come back healthy, right? Uh, but for Mervis and and Casey, though, oh yeah, this is this is great experience for them because it's just more at bats against uh, really good talent, and both had pretty solid Arizona Fall leagues too, especially Mervis. So, you know, I think for Mervis, there's you you like to see what Mervis does against higher competition now, and you know. He, he hasn't been stopped. He started in single A last year and made yeah. all the way to triple A, then went and, and was great, and then went to went to Arizona Fall League and was great there too. So I'm not saying that I need to see someone find a way to beat him, but I would like to see him struggle somewhat and then have to find if then see if he can adjust. And then yeah. I got I I I I hate saying that because I'd rather him just dominate all the time, but you know, like as a, as a prospect that he is like, you just kind of want to know, like when someone figures you out, what do you do to get back into that mode of, okay, this is what I do now. You know what I mean? But, but either way, like, I think that this is a great opportunity for both of them to just get better. Yeah. I mean, uh, I think, uh, who was it in the, in the chat was saying, uh, you know, there's pitch limits. Joel was talking about the pitch limits. There are, okay. there are, there are some things that try and, protect a player and an organization which they have to have otherwise no team would let anybody go play in it right so yeah i get I really that and i really think as far as the pitchers go i mean a guy could get hurt throwing a bullpen session so as long as you're not leaving them out there for a long amount you know insane amounts of time when they're not ready it's just as safe as throwing a bullpen or pitching in the cactus league or whatever um so i i, I don't have a problem with it all right, yeah. let's get to our let's get to our uh, evaluations. Right, we've been going around. We went around the outfield. Um, now we're we've gone through most of the infield. We just did shortstop, and we both went like I think Ryan and I went A minus for short, and maybe you went A. Yeah, I went A for sure. No, and second base is pretty much a carbon copy for me. That's why I said that's if I'm looking forward to one thing or I'm in love with one thing about this Cubs team going into the season. It's it's the up the middle stuff. It's the combo, right? It's it's Dansby and 
and the fact that Nico has moved over to second base and he can be hopefully just as good or better there. Um, so I think he's going to be one of, if not the best second baseman in baseball this season. Um, I think he'll make the transition seamlessly. And I think, I'm, I'm again, I'm not going to give anybody on the team an A because it's still a prove it thing. Like Nico has still, Nico is still young. He's, he's going to try and stay healthy. He's going to try and do what Dansby did last year, play every game. But I, I do want to see it at least one more full season of what he did last year. I loved everything I saw last year from Nico Horner. And I lo- I've loved everything I've heard from him in the off season and also last season. Nick Madrigal, I guess would be your first in line backup at second base, but they have a long, we know they have a long, a long list of guys that could play yeah. second base. I mean, literally half the team could play second base. <laughs> so if I have to give, if I have to give second base a grade, I'm giving second base the same grade I gave shortstop. It's a minus with the potential to be an a at the end of the season. And I think the floor is, I don't, I don't want to mention, you know, the way things could go wrong because we would, you know, knock on wood, but I, I don't think, um, I don't think you're going much lower than a C and I mean, it would have to unravel so badly that would include things we don't want to even talk about. But I, I think again, the strength of the team, we want to say the pitching staff, the rotation, and we'll talk about the bullpen. I think short and second, you can't get much better than that. I'll, I'll go a minus for second base. Yeah. I, uh, I can't put Nico above Dansby just because, uh, He's obviously proven it more. Um, but just for the sake of devil's advocate and not being the same, I'll just put B plus because you are right when it comes to Nico. Last year was his breakout year. He showed flashes in previous years and had injury problems. But you're go- but evaluating it going into this year, you're you're feeling really good about him at second base after what he did at short. Mm-hmm. And then you do have depth there with Madrigal or McKinstry or Master Boney or any other oh, name that I can't think of right now. <laughs> like they have guys who can play it. Um, so you got depth there and you got a stud gold glove finalist, second baseman. I mean, I think in 2020, he was a, a gold glove finalist for second base um, in those 60 games. So he, I have no worries about Nico Horner going into 2023. Uh, and I think you're right. I think he can be, if not the best, a top five second baseman in Major League Baseball. So I'm feeling pretty good about it. Yeah, you know, and I think you're right about to, to give it, you know, I kept the same grade A minus for shortstop as I did for second base, but you're probably right going from an A to a B plus in mm. lowering it just a little bit from shortstop because while there is plenty of depth at second base, the second in line is not Nico Horner. You can't <laughs> That's what makes short so great for the Cubs, right? If if something, heaven forbid, happens to Dansby Swanson in his first season for Cubs, the Cubs can always take their second baseman and move him over to short and put him where he thrived last season and let those other guys fight it out at second base. So yeah. the, the elite level of depth at shortstop is better than it is at second base. For instance, if something happened to Nico, heaven forbid, at second base, they wouldn't move Dansby from short over to, to second, yeah. right? It, only, only the flip way would happen. So it's probably not quite as strong as shortstop, but it's pretty close. So, I, I mean, agree. Nick Madrigal, like we keep trying to figure out like how they can get this guy at bats, but like, I don't want it to come at Nico's, uh, Nico getting an injury. Like, I don't no. want it to come because of that. No. You know what no. I mean? Like, I just, yeah, he's Brendan, Brendan Miller would straight up, like, he would have a heart attack or something. Did you see him put together nine minutes of Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner videotape today? He put it on his YouTube channel and then tweeted it out at like seven o'clock this morning. Wait, <laughs> was, Brendan has a YouTube channel? He does. Yes. Oh, boy. He I tweeted it out and I retweeted from the CSU Cubs account and. I watched like maybe two minutes of it, and literally all it is is Dansby Swanson and Nico Horner making defensive plays. That's it, just like over and over. <laughs> and he's the one watching it, probably over yeah. and over on a timeline. <laughs> um, hey, by the way, don't forget to uh, 
subscribe to the CHGO Sports YouTube page because that's yes. the best way to uh, check out what we're doing every day. You can be part of the community. Join us in the chat. I see Sean's here. Dave's here. Barbara's always here. Um, Van Dorn. Shout out yeah, to you. Yeah, Saniran. Like all the usual suspects. Becky's here. Mike Dobbs. All the faithful are here uh, commenting. We'll try to get to some of those comments in a little bit. Um, so make sure you do that. So A, you don't miss anything, but B, you get alerts when you want alerts and absolutely you can be a part of it. And also make sure you're checking out all chgo.com for Ryan's articles and updates as they come mm -hmm. from Arizona. So that's another place to check out. He, he posted one, uh, an article last night. I'm sure he'll have something coming out this afternoon. And again, hopefully he will join us at some point here on this podcast. Um, you know, but first, I do want to tell you about Green Ridge Farm, a local mm. meat and cheese company offering you a better local all-natural option. Makers of all-natural deli meat sausages and their famous meat sticks. Meat Perfect sticks. Happy hour and school lunches. These all-natural meat sticks are hardwood smoked for eight hours. They are 16 grams of protein per stick. That makes them a perfect post-workout snack. Meat sticks come in chicken, black forest beef, jalapeno cheddar, spicy chili. Delicious because they're made from recipes generations in the making. And being all natural, they deliver a fresh, flavorful alternative at snack time. You find them in the refrigerated section at Costco, Sam's Club, all your Chicagoland grocery stores. Right now, when you put any three meat products in the Green Ridge Farm basket, put some meat sticks in there as well. And use the promo code CHGO. The meat sticks will be free. Green Ridge Farm, simply natural meat. I told Ryan, I said, bring one of those little Kevin Durant backpacks with you to spring training and just pack them up with meat sticks. Number one, you'll never go hungry. Number two, you see a player looking a little weak because they're not used to working out like that. You just quit, you know, go, yeah. go to the bag, hand them a meat stick. Here you go, spicy chili. Yeah. And, you know, Ryan. You know, I know you can gamble out there in Arizona, so he could have his meat sticks. And then when he's done with the day, he can open up DraftKings and figure out how to make more money while he's making money hanging out in Arizona in the warm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And win, if you win, were win. here yesterday, yeah, everyone wins. If you were here yesterday, so uh, Dustin, Balls fan, I told everyone in this chat yesterday, Tennessee minus three and Tennessee minus three was never a doubt. And I'm still mad at myself that I forgot to actually place the bet. But congrats to anyone who actually placed it i could have placed it right on DraftKings sportsbook the official betting partner of chgo and all city you got nba no sweat same game parlays right now you could you could do any kind of same game parlay of the bulls game and even if they even if even if it loses you get your money back so even if the the all the you do a five-leg parlay of bulls players doing whatever and it misses and they lose you still get your money back. It's it's one of the great things about DraftKings Sportsbook right now. Um, MLB bets, we got our futures. We've talked about them already a little bit. I'm still – I'm telling you, Cubs make playoffs plus 310. I love it. Uh, it's Stucky safe. won like 500 bucks on the Super Bowl. He still hasn't shut up about it. It's an incredible thing. I don't it's, know what you're talking about. It's a great – it's a great app to open up every day when you wake up and, you know – ponder a little bit you know what i mean so uh download the app now sign up with code chgo new customers can bet five dollars and get two hundred dollars in bonus bets instantly only at DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nba with code chgo minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details and that said i am taking maryland against purdue tonight sorry mm. After Northwestern beat Purdue, you think uh, the, the Boilers are on a downswing here a little bit? No, no, uh, no, uh, no bounce back. And then no Northwestern back. actually beat Indiana last night. So Northwestern, oh, just, it's almost like they okay. forgot their entire history and they decided they're going to become a basketball school. So I don't know what's <laughs> going on in Evanston. So uh, it's good to see that they have a, uh, a good team going this season. That uh, is exciting. Doug Van Dorn in the chat saying he's retired. So his quote-unquote, day starts with the Bears podcast at noon, flows right into the Cubs podcast with us, keeps him sharp, and is way better than regular TV. Daytime yeah. television is so bad now. It's so bad. Like, it was bad. It's always been bad, mm -hmm. like the soap operas and all that stuff, but it's outrageously bad now. They don't yeah. know what to do with, with television. And, and with so many streaming options and 
YouTube and all these different channels. I don't, I don't know how they even keep it going. They ought to just put infomercials up all day long. Yeah. Um, another comment from uh, Doug Van Dorn. Uh, he sent when you were reading the Green Ridge Farm ad. He uh -huh. says, if, say, in June you had Nico go on the injured list for a month, but Brennan Davis is ranking, raking in Iowa, you could see Hap move to second base and Davis take over in left field. I don't miss it if I can help it, Cody. I don't know what that last part means, but he's bringing up a scenario here. Maybe and, the show. Uh, Maybe he means the show. Yeah. Um, I'll just say that I don't. I don't think they would move Hap to second base, even even if uh, Horner took a got I hurt. Think I think it would be. I think it, Magical would be first up, and then and if he got hurt like he is prone to do, uh, McKinstry would be the third guy there. And then they still have Master Bar. I, I just don't see them moving half at all. I, I, would I don't think, either. I think, think he's set in left field for now, right? Mm -hmm. I, I yeah. believe he, that's, he won the gold glove. That's his spot. He hasn't played second base in a long time. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I think his infield days are done, although I think he could do it. I just don't think they're that desperate to move him to second base. I think they like defensively what they're getting in left, and they'll ride that out. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think if we all know Brennan Davis will eventually be on the Cubs this year, barring health, right? Walk on wood. And I think <laughs> a lot of more, uh, more likely than not, he will be playing the outfield or DH. I don't see him playing anywhere else. So I understand the question. It's just going to be interesting to see how they find him at bats. And I see him getting more at bats as a DH than anything else because – the Cubs are pretty set up defensively with the guys mm -hmm. that they have there. I mean, Bellinger would have to play really bad for him to just automatically take that spot. Really bad. Like, I guess last year's level bad. So Yeah, I mean, I just think the best thing that could possibly happen to the Cubs this season is the young players putting them in uncomfortable positions. The, mm -hmm. the prospects that are at least borderline major league level or major league ready – the best thing that could happen to the Cubs this season would be those guys playing so well that they force the Cubs into making a, a decision they don't even want to make this this year right now. Like forcing yeah. their way into the lineup and saying, hey, I'm here and you're going to have to find a place for whoever else is on the team. That's fair. As uncomfortable as it might be. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what would be the next sign of the Cubs taking that next step in the right direction. And um, yeah, we hope we hope that's this year. All right, so we've done shortstop, second base, third base, the outfield positions. Uh, let's let's do the bullpen, okay? Okay. Uh, I did you first of all? Did you see that Matt Moore, somebody we briefly talked about yesterday, one-year deal with the Angels? Because we had we had heard that there was a possibility the Cubs were at least looking into that or talking about it, and whether that was just a rumor or not. So. He's with the Angels. So that's another – if they are going to add another veteran arm, it's not going to be him. Uh, but before we get to actually evaluating the bullpen, we understand that closer is a huge part of that, right? And we've talked about it. Like they don't have a prove-it guy or they don't have a proven guy at closer. They don't have Kimbrell on the team right now. They don't right. have Lee Smith. They don't have Bruce Suter back in the day. They don't have Chapman. So who's it going to be? Well, David Ross was asked that question uh, in Mesa, and he sort of chuckled because that's generally one of the first three or four questions every single spring. No, I, I don't know. I don't know why that's such a big question every year. It's funny um, to me. I just, you know, when you identify, I think there's sometimes when you have an established closure, you guys, the guys fall in from the way on the, from like the back end and you work backwards from that. Um, but I don't think I've ever come in here and established a, a closer unless you've got like a Craig Kimbrell and you know, you got questions about whether he's ready or not, stuff like that. But um, you know, we're, we're looking for outs and we're looking for guys just to get outs every single inning and it doesn't matter where it's the fourth and the sixth or the ninth, you know? And so I don't think there needs to be some, somebody will get the majority of those, you know, opportunities um, and whoever, Think those things kind of play out throughout spring training through the season and um you know i go back to my first season jeremy jeffries 
closed out a lot of games for a month for us while Craig was working through some stuff, and then Craig kind of took the reins on the back the last month, and um, I think every year somebody kind of grabs at and steps forward, and it was D-Rob last year for a little while, and then the second half we kind of used a little bit of everybody, so uh, I think we've got a lot of talented pitchers down there and some guys that are continuing to make names for themselves, and um, I'm excited about uh, watching them compete for it. Me too. I, I agree with him. It, first of all, closer, everybody wants to ask the question, who's your closer? And I get it. It's a, it's an, it's a question that teams have going into a season, who's going to be your closer. But unless you're, unless you're really competing for the World Series and you're, you're close to that postseason, I just think it's a slightly overrated, overvalued position. The, the Cubs had so many holes and so many concerns going into this season that if they would have signed, you know, Timmy, the Timmy Trumpets guy from the Mets, Edwin Diaz, Edwin Diaz, like I would have been mad. They're not at that point in this rebuild. Everybody wants them to be there, but I would much rather have them this season in the bullpen, having guys fight it out throughout the season. Like, Hand that ball to a, like five or six different guys in closing. I don't know what the over-under number would be on DraftKings for number of guys that were in a save situation for the Cubs this year, but I'd like to I'd like to put that number at six and take the over. Literally, I'd like to see Estrada get a shot. I'd like to see Alzali get a shot. You know, you could take some of the older guys early in the season, have them get a shot. I'm okay with it. Maybe one of them takes. Maybe Hughes takes it by the reins. I don't know, but I'm willing to let them battle it out this year because I don't think it's going to, unless it starts negatively impacting the team to the point where they're they're all so bad at it because they have such few opportunities for it mm-hmm. that you just start blowing leads and it becomes you know detrimental to the team and the psyche of the team. That's the only time that I want them to take it and just say, all right, only this guy's going to be that guy. I'd much rather see what he's talking about literally almost every season, to be honest with you. Yeah. And then if you develop that next great closer, cool. Right. I don't like to repeat myself, but again, I'm not worried about the bullpen. And when it comes to the closer, I'm not worried about it. Like, yeah, I'm be intrigued and I'm excited to see who they give the shots to, but I'm with you. Like when you look back at the 2015 Cubs, that team that basically is kind of similar to this year, like in terms of expectations, we're hoping for 80 wins, Luke. We were hoping for 80 wins for the 2015 Cubs and they fucked around and won 98. All right. Uh, That team didn't have a closer. Hector Rondon was the closer and is like, he was a rule five guy Mm -hmm. and you know, he, he had, it was probably his best year as a cub, no doubt, but like they, that bullpen that they had was very meh. It is nowhere near the the potential or the you know ceiling of the bullpen the Cubs have now. That like that's the one thing you can go back to it, from the from the golden era that you're like, what were how like what were the Cubs thinking when it came to putting a bullpen together? And to me, that is the one thing so far through this rebuild that we have seen that has been the plus. So again, yes, I, we still have we have a question at closer, no doubt, and it. And if whoever whoever gets a shot doesn't do well, and we see, you know, we're going in the All Star break, and the Cubs have blown six to ten games, then yes, okay, I'll raise my hand and I'll say I'm sorry and that I was wrong. All right, Agreed. but I don't see that happening. One, the defense is better. You know how many games that were blown last year, not just because of the pitchers, but because of the defense. You know what I mean? Like that's 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 a huge part of it, in my opinion. And then you you got a lot of high upside. I mean, Jeremiah Estrada, I think that's the guy. I think that's the guy that Jed Hoyer sees as being his closer. I don't know if he's going to be the closer right away, but I think by the end of the year, I think he's the closer. But you also got Michael Fulmer, who's very solid. And then you you got you've already got some guys on the roster who have done it before. Again, I don't think that it's going to be such a glaring issue that it's going to cost the Cubs games. If And if it does, it's probably more so because the offense didn't put up enough runs and they lose like That's two or three to one, something like that. And it's like, well, 
how many times did they leave runners on base and didn't get those guys in when they had the opportunity? And then you start thinking, all right, well, this the, the guy blew the game, but the Cubs had opportunities, and we're going to be sitting in the post game, and I'm going to be thinking, man, they had all these chances to tack on runs, and they didn't do it. So you, there's there's some give and take there. Like, you're going to put it all on the closer, you're going to put it on, put some of it on the offense too. So when games get blown in the ninth inning, it's not always the closer fault. There's always things that you look back on, and you're like, why didn't we do something there? So that's the way that I look at it. But again, yeah, I would love for the Cubs to just have a, like a set closer and like we not even have to deal with it. But I do think that they think they have that guy on this roster or in Iowa. And I'm looking forward to watching them figure that figure out who that is. And I see the godfather, Michael Collada, has chimed in saying, you better worry about it. They have nobody to close. I understand what the godfather is saying. The I godfather. guess Cody's <laughs> going to want to clip this off. I agree with Cody. I believe that they think they have that player in the organization at some point, even if they don't show up this year, but they could find that player this season. Uh, we, we've mentioned before, I said, listen, we know Cody Hoyer is not going to be ready at the beginning of the season, but he already threw a bullpen session yesterday. And while I don't think they're necessarily putting him in those types of situations this year, coming off of Tommy John, when they traded for him from the White Sox, the White Sox were already thinking about him potentially being their closer in the future. So he does have the type of stuff that can work there. Now, I just think the closer thing, if you look at how many get, let's say the Cubs, okay, we know they're going to lose 60, at least 60 games this year. Okay. We, we can all agree on that. Take just the let numbers. me talk myself into a hundred wins. Stuff. <laughs> let's, let's just take the number 60 just because it's clean. And say, all right, well, how many games are they going to lose? Of 60 games, how many will they lose because of this? How many will they lose because of this? How many will they, how many will they lose because they didn't have a closer? Guys, that's going to be a I – would, I would put my – I'm not going to put my mortgage on anything. I take that back. But it's going to be It's going to be less than 10. And even if it even if it is like 10, it might – it's going to feel worse than it is. I know you don't want to lose those games, and that could cost you a – playoff spot, yada, yada, yada. I'm just saying the offense not scoring enough runs is going to could potentially and most likely would cost them way more wins than not having a closer. Um, not having an ace might be something, a, a real, true, bona fide ace is something that could cost them. Not having enough depth at a certain position, maybe that's third base, could end up being that thing. Uh, Cody Bellinger not bouncing back could be a thing that could cost them. There are a lot of reasons that the Cubs could lose games this year. I just don't feel like necessarily not knowing who their closer is on day two of spring training is one that we necessarily need. So so for grade, for bullpen, I like the way it looks. Um, I will give the bullpen going into the season a B, uh, just a straight B. I think it's going to be better than average, and that's what it would be. Um, do you have a grade? What do you think? Cody, what would you um, put the bullpen at? Going into this year, I would give the bullpen a, a B minus just because there's a lot, they have a lot to prove. And this is coming from someone who has, who keeps saying that he's not worried about it. And I'm sure whenever the Cubs lose, I'm a little surprised in the seventh or eighth inning. Yeah. I, when the Cubs lose a game because they blow it in the seventh or eighth inning, people are going to come to the chat and they're going to be like, Cody, I thought you weren't worried. And, and then, and then y'all are going to make me feel real sad. And so think about that when you do that. Um, but yeah, I'll give them a B minus because they have a lot to prove. And I, I have been saying that they have a lot to prove, but the reason I'm not worried is because I fully believe in Jed Hoyer and Carter Hawkins and how they are putting it together because they've proven it. Jed Hoyer specifically, at least with the bullpen, over the last few years, Michael, you said that by the time they figured out the bullpen last year, they were 15 games out. Do you not do you not remember what happened in the first few months of the year? Yeah, the Cubs weren't good, but the only reason they were even in games was because their bullpen kept them in the games because their starters couldn't go more than four innings. Half the time, the bullpen was the the number one reason why they were even in games right. that they eventually lost because their bullpen was got so taxed and then because they, they had to away. use it. Yes, it was. There's, there's, if you get consistent starting pitching that can give you five to six innings more often than not, then have the bullpen that they have had over the last few years, it can be, it can become a real weapon. So again, B minus, 
because they have a lot to prove because they did lose a bunch of guys and they've missed out on some guys. And it makes me a little worried, but it makes me a little worried in terms of do you have enough enough veterans in there? But they have a lot of high upside and a lot of guys that we haven't seen yet that I think can surprise us. So I'll give it a B minus uh, with a ceiling of an A. Oh, wow. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And and as far as the 15 games, I hear the Godfather. I always uh, respect the Godfather's opinions, Michael Collada. Same. I, do I just don't believe that they were 15 games out because they couldn't figure out the bullpen. They were 15 games out because they had not nearly enough major league talent on the roster. That too. At way too many positions. Right, um, yeah. Uh, Ryan Herrera is almost ready to join us. We're going to get to him in a second. First, I want to tell you about Foco Chicago. We've already got you covered with the best sports coverage for your favorite teams. Now get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco's got you covered from Soldier Field to the fan cave in your basement, north side, south side, hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, everything in between. Get decked out like DeMar in apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles, Foco. You're looking for that perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco's got you covered. Hoodies to fight the Lake Michigan breeze, whether you're heading to Soldier Field next year or whether you're going to opening day. You ready for opening day? You better be bundled up. You better have your stuff all piled up in a bag and a backpack ready to go. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items. Use the promo code CHGO for checkout. All right. So Ryan Herrera, I believe, is ready to join us from Arizona. Is he in a white shirt? Is. The answer is no. Wow. No, he does have no he Hawaiian does shirt. have his shady rays on. Yep. Well, this is a picture here. Look at this. Did somebody professionally light this for you? No, it's a, this is this is the sun. The oh, sun wow. is my professional light. Um, I, wow. I was going to say, Mike, I hope Mike Dub is in the chat. Uh, just so he knows, the odds of me wearing a Hawaiian at some point this weekend is about minus 10,000. <laughs> so, so save your money. If he puts, but if you put ten grand on it, he'll win a hundred bucks. I guess, but you know, but that's the thing: it's the risk reward, right? <laughs> it's, the, it's the risk reward. House always wins at some point. Yeah. I do thing? love that Ryan is uh, trotting around there in a bold CHGO hoodie, right? Like he's oh, showing yeah. everybody where he's from, just in yeah. case somebody's questioning. Hey, oh, yeah. who's the guy with the uh, shady rays on? They go, oh, that's CHGO. Yeah. And and we will let you know, Ryan, we're very jealous today because it is absolutely miserable. It is sleeting, There's snowing, a reason we're at home. <laughs> and seeing you with your shady rays sort of makes me want to make this live shot go away. But we'll do it anyway. Uh, big, of us. big of us stuck to go through this. Two of the three of us want this live shot to go away. However, <laughs> we will get to it. Yesterday, we, we heard from uh, Jed Hoyer talking about the extension stuff with, we assumed, Hap and um, Horner and saying, well, like, there's no hard deadline. Today, one of those players talked about it? Yes, uh, Ian Hap, you know, asked some questions to Ian Hap about it today. Um, I mean, the main thing he said is, is obviously he's just trying to focus on getting ready for the season, um, which, you know, don't really expect anything else. Spring training, he's here to get ready for the season. He's not here to talk about contract negotiations as big as they are for him. Um, he said he's, you know, he's involved uh, in that kind of stuff. You know, talking to his agents and and, and what what have you. Um, I just re recall Jed Hoyer talking about yesterday that uh, the start of spring training was not a hard deadline. They will still have those kind of discussions if you know the Cubs are having those with Ian. Um, if the Cubs do end up, you know, wanting to sign into an extension, um, those discussions will be had. Uh, but as far as it goes with Ian, he's he's doing his best to focus on starting spring training and getting ready for the baseball season. All right. I mean, I, I mean, that's kind of what you'd expect him to say, right? You don't want him to uh, go out and say, uh, he, well, you don't want to hear Corbin Burns out of him. That's what you don't want. <laughs> what you don't want to hear is him just start trashing the organization. Um, by the way, Ryan's a little, uh, on my end, it's breaking up just a little bit, but I think it's good enough that we can keep going. I so saw the good news is he's not mad at the organization. That, that's where we can go for it. And hopefully, uh, he can settle down. Now, 
one other thing I know you also talked to some pitchers too. Did you, did you actually speak to Tyone today or what was, who, who, who was talking this afternoon at, at Sloan park? Yes, yeah, so we did talk to Jameson Tyone today. Um, he, a lot of it was about uh, this new slider grip that he's, you know, working on. Um, he's developing that sweeper slider kind of thing, uh, which, you know, is, is the craze in baseball these days, right? Everyone wants a, a sweeping slider because they, I mean, they are, they, they look cool and they're effective, right? Um, but he, he talked about how when he was in New York, like, this is something that didn't just pop up this offseason. Like he's had it in his mind for the last couple of years, but because this whole time he was with New York was just weird off seasons, right? You had uh, the COVID seasons, like the COVID interrupted spring training and, and uh, the lockout last year, but he just, he didn't have a lot of time to work with his coaches during the off season uh, to be able to d- develop something like that. So now this season, you know, he, he signed early enough that he, he got to know Tommy Hadovy, Daniel Moskus, and, and is able to, or has been able to work on developing that. You know, he, he said he's been sending them, um, you know, pitch data, track man data on what the slider is doing as he's kind of developing it. Um, the next step is obviously facing live hitters with it, uh, taking it into, into games eventually uh, when he does become as comfortable as possible with it. Um, but right now he's, he's developing all that stuff uh, or all that, you know, he's developing that sweeping slider. He says he's, he just the eye test and the data uh, is really encouraging. Um, so I, I, I'm not sure when he's throwing his first live BP, but I'm sure we'll see it in action. And I'm, you know, I'm excited to see that because uh, the way he talks about it, it could be a very effective pitch for, for him. And, you know, obviously in turn that helps the team. For sure. I mean, obviously the Cubs, one of the reasons he chose the Cubs was, all of the different ways they told him they thought, just like Dansby, we can help you with this. Our Ivy can help you here, right? Yeah. And uh, we we were trying to get to talk to him, Ryan and I, at Cubs convention, but he got pulled away for the half podcast, like right when we were about to dig into it. And yeah. he was he was ready to. I feel like he's going to be another member of this team that's very open about what he's going through. He seems like a, another good guy. That's just. Um, it just feels – I don't know if this means anything for a baseball team, but mm-hmm. do you, don't you get the feeling that they have a bunch of very likable players? Yeah, and when – I mean, it's not It's not like – or it is kind of cliche to talk about, you know, how, how good – you know, guys that get along always help the team, right? But it is true. It's when you have good guys, guys that care about each other, guys that look out for each other, get along well in, on the field, in the clubhouse, off the field, you know, away from the park. Um, Dansby Swanson talked about it a little bit yesterday that, you know, guys that, that communicate with each other, hang out with each other, like those, those groups are close and being close with your teammates, uh, for this group specifically, like being them all being close with each other and, and just being you know, likable and, and excited to be around each other and always having each other's back, caring about each other. Like those are just good elements of, of a team that's trying to build a culture. And, and we've talked about that before that comes trying to build this culture, um, and the additions that they made go into that the guys that are coming up to the system go into that and, and you're starting to see just a lot of guys who you look at and, and they, they, they seem like good guys they seem like they get along well with each other and that bodes well for the team no matter what all right sounds good anything else we should know real quick before we let you go uh working on you know little sun maybe some you know margaritas or something there after work today get to get some nice yeah i uh, down there <laughs> I mean that does sound very good. Maybe me and Vinny, uh, our socks guy, will go. Oh, and grab we know Vinny will know where to go. Yeah, good point. But um, I did talk to Cody Hoyer today. I'll have a piece later on today about that. But he has talked about um, you know there was the a video of him throwing uh, a bullpen yesterday. He said he's not it's not full 100% bullpen. It's more on 80ish percent uh, of where he's at. Um, he's on track. Last May, he had told me that uh, they were kind of looking at like a, a June slash July return date. Um, that's still kind of the that, that's still kind of the timeline that he's looking at. Um, but he's hoping, uh, you know, I think uh, extended spring training is when is a time when a lot of things like that's kind of one of the checkpoints of where a lot of the things. You know, I, I, I want to say he talked about um, you know facing live hitters potentially by that point uh, by extended spring training, which is about. You know, a little over a month and a half from now. Um, so if all goes well, uh, I, I think the expectation is that he's going to start the season 
on the 60-day IL, which kind of just matches up with that timeline. It doesn't, it doesn't change the June or July return date. Um, but that, as far as we know, he's kind of on track to being, you know, that, that June-July return. It, it, it's where, where he's – what he's hopeful for, and that seems to be the track that he's on. So, with, with that said, with that said, since he got hurt before Ethan Roberts, is Ethan Roberts later in the year as well, you would assume? I would assume. I think just looking at the time, as I want to say Ethan may have been like – it was like summer, right? A summer yeah. when the, the injury happened. Season, yeah. yeah, so he's – he's it just, you just talk about recovery from Tommy John surgery. Like the timelines, he's a few months back. So uh, if, if, if Cody Hoyer is looking at a, a June-July return date from last March, uh, I think you'd expect Ethan Roberts to be a little more down the line than that. Okay. All right, you can follow him, uh, Ryan underscore A underscore Herrera. Uh, make sure you're following at CHGO Cubs and checking out Ryan's articles, the one especially coming up for, about Cody Hoyer, allchgo.com. And you're going to want to be a diehard. I saw somebody saying in there, Barbara was, again, suggesting that you took my credit card and are running up big bar tabs. Not true. I've checked my wallet. Uh, second of all, then somebody chimed in and said, I think Garrett said, no, no, no. Yeah, he's charging it all to the CHGO diehard card. Can you can you tell us, do you have a diehard card with you? And have you tried to use it at any of the establishments around the local Phoenix metro area? I don't have one on me. Uh, I'm sure, you know, I could get it. I could have gotten into like the Chiefs Super Bowl after party with it if I just kind of flashed it. Um, that's the kind of perks you get with being a diehard. Um, I, I haven't tried. I wish I had it because I could have tested it out to see. Uh, I've heard rumors that diehard card, diehard platinum cards, have right. access to to Luke's bank account, which is, no, is very not large. True. That's um, not, so that's not true. When, when I, I get mine, I'll test it either. I'm gonna when I, get, when I get my card, I'm gonna test it out just to see. I'm gonna go. Uh, I'm gonna go get my diehard card and see if I can test the waters on Luke's bank account, guys. <laughs> no, listen. Can we not suggest? People stealing my money. There's enough weirdos out there. Come on. Like, not that they would ever be watching this show, but come on. We got enough weird people. The bottom line is Ryan doesn't need to use the diehard card because he's already got the swag on and the shady rays. He walks in, they think he's Secret Service. They just they just assume he's there with somebody special that maybe Biden's in town. They don't know what it is, but they just know that he's important. Yeah, and, basically. And we do too. So, Ryan, thanks. We appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk to you, I guess, on Monday. This is the last live show for us, at least the three there of us. There we go. So have a good weekend and uh, stay out of trouble. All right, guys. Stay safe out in the, the Chicago tundra. Thanks. Just rubbing it in. Just rubbing it in. Tell you, every time I see him in sunglasses. Yeah. Every time I see Ryan this in the sunglasses and just a hoodie out there. First off, how dare him? How dare him? Second off, how dare him? <laughs> He didn't need the sunglasses for that. You could see he was clearly standing in the shade. That was, yeah. that was. He did it on purpose. He wanted to, to, he wanted to stick Rays. the dagger in a little bit further. It was a little he knew. twist. It was a little he, twist. He's been paying attention to the Slack channel uh, between all of us, where Jake told us all to stay home today because the weather's bad. He knows. He knows. He knows what's going on. In <laughs> fact, he probably had a jacket on there because it was a little brisk this morning. But he knew by the time he was going to do the live shot, he's like, I'm stripping down to just a hoodie so they can see that I'm outside with no coat on. Yeah. And that sun well, always makes it feel a little bit better out there. Like I said, there's going to be one of those days in April. And we're going to be at the office. And he's going to be at Wrigley. And we're going to be happy we're at the office. So his That's time right. is coming. It's coming. And I can't wait. Uh, I'm looking forward to it. By the way, have you noticed that on Twitter – I, before we go, I just want to point out that I have started to try on Twitter. I want us to use the hashtag vibe with us. Vibe with us. See if I can let it catch fire. Vibe with us. Vibe with us. CHGO Cubs. Hashtag vibe with us. Every show I'll start tweeting it out. Sounds catchy, doesn't it? I think it could be a slogan for us. It could be our slogan, yeah. What? No one else. No other show at CHGO has a slogan. Next Next starts here. That's good. But is it as good as hashtag vibe with us? No. And no, like I said, no other show on CHGO's network has a hashtag. We could right. be the first. We could be the first because we are a vibe. Of sports. <laughs> See, Mike likes is already using it. Hashtag vibe with us. Oh yeah, just like HGO Cubs. I'm just gonna tweet it after the show. Hashtag vibe with us. Print the dope know. merch now. Hashtag <laughs> vibe with us. 
Uh, thanks to everybody who's joined in the chat today. We appreciate you joining on a cold, miserable day. Uh, we hope you have a great weekend. Don't forget that Corey and Brendan will have a podcast for you coming out uh, first thing Friday morning. So don't forget to make sure you subscribe, whether that's on Spotify, which we hope you do. And if you're on Spotify, by the way, give us the five-star review. Keep those podcasts coming in so you don't miss any, but also don't forget the YouTube page. Um, and of course, become a diehard. We want you to be a diehard so you can look like Ryan, have the card, throw it around town, no matter where you're at. Uh, thanks for checking out the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings, America's top-rated sportsbook. Make sure you download the app. Use the promo code CHGO when you sign up. Have a great weekend. We will see you live on Monday with another podcast. See you then. Until then, fly the W.